Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, we're on the old party line here, so we'll give her a go. It's 1235 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Time for Spectre and Stoffer. Every Tuesday in Oilers Now and Friday, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. They've got live, standard-bred racing. Friday nights and did we change? And Sunday afternoons at Century Mile Racetrack in Nisku. All right. You can text us, by the way, at 630-630. We'll tell you that guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. I took the family out for uh, Thanksgiving dinner uh, as my uh, wife's cousin's in town Sunday night at Roos Chris before we headed out of town. Maggie Taylor and the staff at Roos Chris Trust me when I say this, they'll take care of you. I saw this guy's shiny face today. I thought I could get away from him for a week, but no, he's on the road trip. I don't know if he's going to do every road trip this year, but uh, we welcome back to the show again for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the one, the only, Mark Spector. Hello, Speck. How are you doing? Doing great. I, I barely recognized uh, the old Nassau veterans memorial coliseum <laughs> it looks different from the outside it's totally cleaned up on the inside like it doesn't look anything like the old rink uh you know that the orders fans remember kevin mccollum scoring a goal in that night no no kidding uh you know it's funny spec and we're going to date ourselves a bit here but you know because we don't think of the oilers and the islanders this way in their current here and now but, I mean, there was a time they was, these were the two best organizations in the National Hockey League. Uh, obviously, the Oilers missing the playoffs 12 of the last 13 years cannot lay claim to that. But it was a pretty special time. It was, you know, the Islanders were that, you know, that incredible team that won, what was it, 19 straight playoff series before the Oilers beat them in 84. And, uh, you know, the Oilers knocked off the top dogs and they were the new kids on the block. And it was a special time in hockey, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't. It really, you know, you hit it on the head when you say we date ourselves. Like to us, you know, middle-aged Edmontonians, that stuff's just all a matter of course. Like all of my friends, you know, they could still name 10 or 12 or 14 guys off those Islanders teams. Right, like all of the many of our listeners, it's just no problem. They know their numbers for Pete's sakes. But I was in the Oilers room this morning, and I was talking to Ethan Bear. Well, Ethan Bear was born in nineteen ninety-seven, right? So he I, he was like, "Yeah, it was a rivalry. Like, give me some of the history here." So I was telling him about Four Street for the Isles, and you know, a little bit of Kevin McClellan and how the Oils lost in eighty-three. They thought they were pretty hot. They came in here, they got swept in eighty-three, and then of course they won their first cup in eighty-four, and I looked at the roster, Bob, and the oldest Edmonton Oilers player is Mike Smith. He was born in 82. So he was, he was two years old 
when the Oilers are winning that first cup, he doesn't remember any of that stuff. So it's in the mind of us writers and broadcasters, coaches Dave Tippett remembers it all, and Kenny Holland. But you go in that dressing room and try to get an interview. I asked Connor McDavid, and he, you know, it's he's way before his time. It's it's it does date us a little bit, Bob. That's for sure. All right, you mentioned Ken Holland and Dave Tippett, and I believe Mark, you can draw a parallel with what the Islanders did last year. With all due respect to Doug Wake, great guy, right? But not an experienced coach. Luke Richardson, he, he, he's been hired. He's worked for a bunch of different NHL teams as a you know defense coach. Kelly Buckberger, you know, with with the Oilers and the Islanders. I mean, Cronin, like they, had, they those guys are all serviceable NHL guys. Doug Wake might maybe isn't a head coach. I don't know, but they were they gave up the most. Uh, goals against in the league uh, and then so they decide to bring in Lamarillo, an experienced just think about the situation an experienced manager who'd been squeezed out in Toronto led in large part to the uh, fanatical um, <laughs> pumping up by a lot of the younger Toronto media types for one Kyle Dubas so Lamarillo got pushed aside and uh, lo and behold, an opportunity opens up for him with the Islanders, and he hires a veteran coach to come in and put structure into the team's game. And look what happened. And, Mark, is there a parallel to that between maybe Ken Holland and Dave Tippett, do you think? Oh, absolutely, right? It's, it is. It's the same story. And, and the same need, like, you know, we all, we've said it many times, Bob, on this show, the Oilers' key to success in 2017 was cutting, you know, oh, you know the number, 75 goals or whatever it was uh, sure. against, right, off of the year from the year before. And they're, they're, they're clear, clear need. I don't care what they do offensively. I, we all learned last year that all the best players can have career years and it doesn't make you go it doesn't make you a playoff team. This team will not succeed until it starts to cut a good fifty or sixty goals off of its goals against. Needs better goaltending, needs better structure, needs way better penalty killing. And that's Dave Tippett's calling card, right? That's what he does and what he does well. So uh, it's you can absolutely draw those parallels, Bob and you know the Islanders led the league in goals against last year. Uh, if the Oilers get close to that, I'm here to tell you they're a playoff team. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it is interesting. So they've played two games, has Edmonton. They've got a pair of wins. What I like, Spec, is that the team's been resilient in both victories. Yeah, and I also like, you know, I want to say this. Don't. This isn't me critiquing wins, but I want to say they didn't play that great. But they still won. Like if I'm looking, if I'm a fan of the Oilers, I love the fact that they collected four points, and I'm I guarantee you they're going to be a better team in short order here. You know, right? Shan's going to make them a better team because Drysaddle will have to take all those draws, and and they'll settle down defensively. Mike Smith's not giving away two goals every night. So yes, Bob, they were leading or they were trailing with what ten minutes to go in both games, and won them both. And I'm here to tell you, they can play a lot better hockey than we saw. And they're 2-0, and so pretty happy about that start for sure. A lot of fans jumped all over Mike Smith on Saturday night. And uh, I know that I put a tweet out about you know, the fans were clamoring for better puck movers to the back end. And Edmonton addressed that when they grabbed Mike Smith. Ha, ha, ha. 
And so I had about 30 or 40 guys tweet back at me, you know, immediate reaction halfway through the game. Kind of like, you know what, kind of like how Ellen got all that immediate reaction with the picture of uh, her with uh, George uh, Bush, right? How dare you be with George Bush? You're supposed to represent all these things left and center, and there you are sharing a laugh with the guy from the right. Because you know how reactionary Twitter, you know, like Mark, I don't know about you, Mark, but I would say this, like, Probably 70% of the tweets I get are often thought-provoking and or somewhat funny in, in, in a positive manner. The, the problem is it's the other 30% where people are, you know, complete, you know, what. Anyhow, so on Saturday, the two goals against, and those were ugly. You know, the first one's completely on Smith. The second one's on Smith and a communication error with the defense. But give Smith credit. You know, he still kept on trying to make plays, and he battled back, and he made one more save in that game than Jonathan Quick spec. Yeah, listen, I'm here to tell you, you, you give two free goals away in a game, you're probably going to lose 98% of the time. The fact that they won is, is you know, good for the Oilers. I give them credit. They fought back. Smith made some big saves. They survived. You know, they survived good for them. Um, here's the problem with Mike Smith. You can absolutely quantify the goals that he makes a, you know, when he makes a mistake and the other team scores, he might as well be standing naked on the ice. Every single person in the building looked at those two goals and blamed him rightfully. He's the guy standing there with an empty net goal going on. Like it's very quantifiable, right? Very quantifiable. What you can't quantify are the amount of goals that puck handling saves. You have no, you know, we suspect quite a lot. But it alleviates the defenseman from taking hits. It gets the puck out of your zone before the other team even touches it. I don't know how many goals he's going to save for the Oilers this year. There's no way to quantify it. But I guarantee you, you can sit at home and count the ones he costs you. And that's why you just have to take the good with the bad and trust that, you know, in the end, he's not going to make those mistakes very often and he's going to make you a better team with his puck handling skills. I'm going to be interested, Mark, tonight to see how different the Oilers are not having Smith in there and having Koskinen in there in terms of the puck handling. You know, whether or not they're they're going to have to, you know, because the thought, like Miko last year at the start of the year, like he was a disaster handling the puck. But you'd see him out there with Dustin Schwartz and they worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And by the end of the year, we weren't talking about his puck handling, we were talking about his glove hand. And I think you and me both think, okay, he's got to work on his puck handling, or sorry, on his uh, on his glove hand, absolutely. But to me, part of it was general fatigue as well. So, you yeah. know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how different the team plays, not having Smith in between the pipes and having Koskinen going tonight. Well, here's what to watch for because we've seen this across hockey, and I've heard other coaches say it: when one goalie is a really strong puck handler. The other goalie tends to want to do the same things. He watches from the bench. He sees how it works. He says, hey, I can handle the puck a little more. And the most dangerous goalie in the league isn't isn't a poor puck handling goalie, Bob. It's a poor puck handling goalie who thinks he's good at it. <laughs> That's the most dangerous goalie out there. So I'm going to watch Koskinen. Listen, you're right. He's got to work on stopping pucks. He's got to work on the glove side. You know, we didn't expect Koskinen to move pucks last year and be a puck mover, so why would we this year? I'm going to be watching for a guy who hopefully doesn't think all of a sudden because he's watched Mike Smith do this stuff that he can do it. I would rather see Miko Koskinen stand in the net and catch some pucks with his glove hand and, you know, just be the goalie they're paying him to be. We're joined by 
Sportsnet's Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. It is 12.46 Edmonton time, 2.46 in Melville, Long Island, New York, and this is the Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Can you come Oilers back Oilers Now hour, with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1249 Edmonton time, 249 in the east. The Oilers and the Islanders. It's a 5 o'clock puck drop on 630 Chad as well as on Sportsnet Oilers. That's where the game is available tonight. Make sure you go down and see our friends at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Come be a part of the small town atmosphere and let them prove why cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Give them a call, one 877 477-3673 or go out and visit Rich and Milt and Johnny and the gang at BrentRidge.com Trust me, they'll take care of you. And we'll tell you this, that we've got our New York group that Mark Spector is going to kindly join me with tomorrow night. They've made, they're they making their way. Some of them are listening to the show right now. They're going to be flying to New York City tomorrow. We're going to have a New York... Uh, uh, Shaker tomorrow night, and they're going to go check out the uh, game against the Devils and the game against the Rangers. Coming up in the second half, you can join Oilers now in uh, games in both Chicago and in Tampa Bay in the second half of the season. These packages include lower bowl game tickets, welcome receptions with yours truly for the Oilers now Chicago and the Oilers now Tampa Bay trips. Reach out to New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com. All right, back to uh, Stopper Inspector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Mark, uh, the Oilers have got some business to take care of. Now, they've done that for today. It's already been announced. They've moved Josh Archibald to IR. It's retroactive, so he theoretically could play Thursday against the Devils as they've activated Riley Sheehan. But something is going to have to give by Thursday. You care to be a bet man as to what you might think might happen? Well, no question. Uh, Tippett really likes the line of Kara on left wing, Shane in the middle, and Archibald on the right side. Uh, those three guys are staying around for sure. So the orders are carrying, you know, tonight they'll have 14 forwards. When Archibald comes back, they got too many. So they're going to have to, if, if he comes back Thursday, they're going to have to make a move. And I think it really boils down to either centerman Colby Cave going down or, or tonight Russell's playing with uh, an Archibald spot on the Sheehan line. So, you know what, this Patrick Russell, like we didn't spend a lot of time talking about him, Bob, over the summer, right, or even this fall. But the coach, you know what, Dave Tippett really likes this kid. He's got good size. He skates well. He likes his game. And he's playing tonight, and there's probably a demotion coming up in a couple of days. So this is a big, big night for Patrick Russell. And you know that a coach would rather send a winger down and, and keep the centerman Colby Cade, but they also like the game that this kid's playing. So this is a big night for Russell. I'd keep an eye on him, and if he plays well, he may earn himself the rest of this road trip at least. Yeah, what's interesting with Russell is he's always where he's supposed to be on the ice. And that's why, in my mind, the trust is there. Like, to me, it's pretty clear, and it was clear early, 
and he's built on the, that momentum right from early in uh, training camp. So he's impressed them. He's he's not explosively fast, but he's not slow. He's a thicker build, so yeah. you know uh, he can kill penalties, and he's in the right spots where he's supposed to be on the ice. So he's about as reliable as you get on the wing. For Cave. Uh, to me, he needs to do certain things, and it's. I know it's been a tough go for him, and he, you know, it's five years, and you know, was Peter Shirelli the last guy Shirelli signed as a general manager with the Boston Bruins? You know, out of the Swift Current Broncos. Let's not forget the the Bruins that summer ended up drafting in uh, 2015 Jake DeBrusque in the first round. So we knew how much they were looking in Swift Current at some of the people there when they signed Cave, and then they take. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, and a lot of people thought Jake was taken a little bit higher than people originally envisioned. So, um, you know, I, it, it's funny, right? Logic dictates you keep the center here, but I'm not necessarily sold that's going to happen. So I'm going to no. be intrigued to see how that plays out. We have another storyline in tonight's game that's going to be interesting. That's on defense. Edmonton product Johnny Boychuk's going to have the night off. He's spent the last five-plus seasons here with the Islanders organization. And Noah Dobson draws in. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, Noah Dobson, right? He was uh, he was a kid that was right in that pool with Evan Bouchard. Uh, drafted what, Bob? Two spots after Bouchard. That'd be 12th uh, yeah. two years ago. And, you know, a lot of people, some teams had Bouchard, Dobson ahead of Bouchard. And then they played together at the World Junior. I believe, I believe Dobson won two Memorial Cups for two different teams. Is that not correct? Yeah, well, he was uh, with Acne Bathurst when they won a couple of years ago, and he—I mean, you were—you were at the World Juniors. You would have seen him there. He had the terrible memory. He had the terrible plus-minus in the first half, and basically his rights got traded during the World Juniors, and he went to Rwanda, Rwanda and they just walked it last year at the Memorial Cup. So, yeah, he's won the last two. Uh, different, uh, you know, better skating defenseman than Bouchard might not quite have the high-end offensive acumen in the shot. It's interesting because was he not involved in the play that could have propelled Canada to a victory over Finland? Oh, for sure. You know, go back to that. I mean, it was only a quarter. It was a quarterfinal game against Finland. They're in overtime. Evan Bouchard, in fact, gets hauled down on a breakaway. Penalty shot. They gave it to uh, Comtois, the kid. Uh, Max, uh, just got, Max just got recalled by Anaheim. Yep. Yeah, I think he might be going up and down a bit for Anaheim. He, he was unable to score on uh, on the big finish goalie. Um, and then they played on in overtime, of course, after that goal did not go in for Canada. And Noah Dobson was the guy with a one-timer at an empty net, and he fired away and the stick snapped. And the puck goes down the other direction, and some kid named Tony Utenen, who had never hadn't scored a goal all season, fires a wrist shot, it hits a stick, goes up top shelf in the Canadian goal and Canada loses after Noah Dobson had the game won on a stick and, you know, had a broken stick, cost him the game literally. Uh, so anyway, he's a high-profile kid. He's had a lot of stuff happen to him before he gets to the NHL and a very good young player. And I met him in Vancouver. He's a real good young man. I quite like him. So let's watch him play tonight. Should be fun to see a debut. All right, Mark, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, we'll just focus on the three New York games. I know you're going to do Friday's show as well for our friends at the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta Live Racing, Friday nights, Sunday days at Century Mile. But three games in, uh, tonight against the Islanders, 
Thursday at the Rock against the Devils, and then Saturday day against the Rangers. So three games here in the next five days. How do the Oilers do? Well, you sure would like to see them pull out two wins and maybe uh, how about an overtime points number along the way. Uh, you know, these are... Well, the that, that would be a great trip if you did that. A great trip. Yeah, that's that's five yeah. points out of eight in the trip would be fantastic. I mean, the old story is you need four and eight. And I, listen, there's no reason they can't find two wins on a trip like this. Like none of these, you know, the Islanders are a good team, no question. But they're they're not a world beater. No one's picked them to win the cup. The Rangers are in basically full rebuild now. Give them credit; they're doing it quick. <laughs> they brought in some really nice players in, in the, you know, the Rangers, and they've always got Henrik in net. Uh, and Chicago is a team that I don't think anyone or very few people are picking to make the playoffs in the Central. So. There's no reason. And Jersey is Jersey. You know, they're, they got some good players, but they're still trying to put it together there. None of these teams, Bob, should the Oilers look at it and say, oh, my goodness, like, we don't have a chance against this team. They got a chance against every one of them. There's no reason they can't win a couple games here. All right, Spec, we'll see you down on the rink in about uh, two hours. Hey, thanks, Bobby. That's Mark Spector again, Stoffer Inspector for the Horses in Horse Racing Alberta. It is 12.58 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update coming up. Uh, Longtime uh, Islander beat writer, now with the Athletic, Arthur Staple, along with Darnell Nurse, uh, as well as Kevin Lowe, to talk about Dave's Drive in honor of Dave Semenko. This is Oilers Now, off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.